Crime Over Wine is sponsored by BetterHelp. As someone who's used therapy for years, I know that finding a therapist can sometimes be a stress on its own, juggling your full-time job, your family, your friends, your podcast, and trying to find the right therapist on top of that can almost feel impossible. That's where BetterHelp comes in. BetterHelp matches you with a therapist that works for you on your terms. It's online, it's remote, and by filling out a few questions, BetterHelp can match you to one of 33,000 licensed professional therapists in as little as a few days. And because finding a new therapist is a lot like finding a new bottle of wine, if you don't jive with your therapist, you can easily switch to a new one at no additional cost. You can get 10% off your first month of BetterHelp by going to betterhelp.com slash crimeoverwine. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash crime over wine for 10% off your first month. Join over 4 million people who decided to get help and get happy with BetterHelp. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the 45th episode of Crime Over Wine, the only podcast with head-scratching true crime stories that are just better over a bottle of wine. I'm your host, Liam Collins, and my guest co-host this week is the boy from New Orleans. We first met as reporters <laughs> here in Chattanooga, and now he is, like, freshly an Emmy Award-winning anchor and reporter, like, literally within the last 24 hours. <laughs> literally. Episode <laughs> in St. Louis, Missouri. My guest co-host this week is Travis Cummings. Hello, Travis. Travis, how are you? Hello, my friend. It's so good to see you. And this is a reunion, if you ask it me. It is. It sure is. It's been, <laughs> what, like two years or so? No, it can have been two years. Has it been two years? It has, because my contract wow. is wrapping Well, my first contract is wrapping up here, the original, wow. before I re-signed this year. So Crazy. Yes. Crazy. Know. Well, you are just like rising to start, my friend. So I'm so proud of you. So Thank um, you. let's celebrate your new win over a bottle of wine. How this is that? the perfect way to celebrate. Thanks it sure is. Me. The, coming on Crime Over Wine, drinking a bottle of wine. Like, let's do it. <laughs> so um, this week we are drinking Noble Vines Cabernet Sauvignon. It has rich notes of full-bodied cherry and blackberry mm. and soft tannins that pairs well with ribeye steak, roasts, chops, or sliders. So lots of meats. I'm, I'm getting dark flavors in here yum, for yum, sure yum. On, this yes. pod, on this uh in this bottle of wine. So let's pop it open. Let's do it. All right. Also, whenever like the wine describes it as like pairing well with like these meats, I'm like, I just immediately start craving like a really nice steak dinner. Steak, yes. yeah, right. Like that's like I am like drooling right now over this. Like I'm, I'm you and I both. It. And you know what? I had Popeyes earlier, but that'll just have to do for today. So. <laughs> yes, right, right. Oh, <laughs> what is pours nicely? Oh, it smells really lovely. Uh, yes. Oh, it's like dark too. Ah, there you go. Are you a red drinker, naturally? Oh, yes. I love... Listen, Travis, like, Cabernet is everything for me. Like, I like I will drink that, like, in any any day of the week, like, any situation. Like, that's my thing, so... Gotcha. I'm a sweet red. I'm a sweet red all the time. Yeah. I and feel that so for you. I live for blackberry and cherry hints, actually. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're going to like this one for sure. The the rich fruit flavor. So cheers to you, Travis. Thank you so much for coming on. Cheers. Thanks for having Ooh, me. So much flavor in this glass. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay, blackberry, cherry, 
lots of tannins for sure. Yes, and I could de- I could totally see this with a with a like with a steak roast, some good like red meat. Top. Yeah, <laughs> some good red English. meat. Some Sunday dinner. I am all about like listen. There you I, go. Like I love like a good rich like bold red. Like this is that for sure. So yes, it's very smooth. It's not mm-hmm. you know too. It is very smooth. Yeah, and you get it. So I always like because somebody told me one time they were like, pay attention to how like what order you get it. Like like where you where you where you're like picking up the flavors. Right. Um, I'm getting a lot of this in the front of the mouth, but like a good about a good amount in the back of the mouth too. Yeah, it definitely has a kick. It has a mm-hmm. kick after it settles in, but from the yeah. from the the lip, it's very smooth. Yeah, very smooth right. on the lip. Yeah, I'm into this one a lot. I'm really kind of surprised I haven't had this before. And it, so it's Lodi California. It's um, I have a 2020 version, which I usually yeah yeah. And so mine is a 19 version. Oh, interesting. Okay. Look, mine is just a little older. We're mm-hmm. settled. We're a little bit more settled right. in. A little more aged. <laughs> right, right, right. More Listen, aged. aged like fine wine. There, there you go. <laughs> nothing wrong with that. Well, um, Travis, let's get right into our case for this week because it is bonkers. I have a feeling you probably know this one, but I'm hoping you don't know every single detail of this case. So okay. what do we say? Get there. Let's do it. All right. Well, Travis, this week I want to tell you a heartbreaking case that took place in the upstate of South Carolina. A young woman with the world ahead of her is living her life, not doing anything any of us wouldn't have done at her age, and suddenly had all of those hopes and dreams taken away at the blink of an eye. This week, I want to tell you about Samantha Josephson and the murder in the backseat. Twenty-one-year-old Samantha Josephson was this really large presence that was growing by the day. She was from Robbinsville, New Jersey, right outside of Trenton. But in March of 2019, she was a senior at the University of South Carolina in Columbia, where she was majoring in political science. On the early morning of March 29th, she and her friends had decided to have a big hurrah. They had just finished all of their exams and were really excited about that. Samantha, in particular, was really excited about it because she had a lot to celebrate. You see, she was motivated and smart, so she had spent pretty much all of her spring semester of her senior year studying really hard and applying for law school. And she had just found out that all of that hard work had paid off. She was admitted to Drexel University Law School on a full scholarship. So she's like a big brainiac. So 21 years old, got a great head on her shoulder. Right. And she's just ready to live it up and, you know, enjoy the fruits of this labor that she's she's had in college here. Cool. Way smarter than I was at 21 years old. (laughs) Into like into local news. And you hit it on the nail. You know, it's something that we all do. We all have a a good time. Right. Right. uh, Yeah. Yeah. Nothing wrong with what she's doing. Right. Right. At all. Like zero percent. So needless to say, though, Samantha had every right to be celebrating that night. She and her friends decided to go out to the Five Points Entertainment District right in the heart of downtown Columbia and on the outskirts of USC's campus. They got to the Bird Dog Bar at around 1240 in the morning. They spent the next hour or so laughing, drinking, catching up, and just absolutely letting loose. By 2 in the morning, though, Samantha decides that she needs to go home for the night since she had to 
work the next day. So she decides to call an Uber and call it a night. Okay. Her friends stayed out at the bar, though. Samantha was way too smart, though, to be traveling home without anyone knowing where she was at every single moment. So she had been texting her boyfriend of two years all night long, and she tells him that she was about to leave to go home. He seems like the perfect responsible boyfriend, too, because he tracks her location via her phone from Charleston, which is where he moved after he graduated. But right away, though, something feels weird. He notices that Samantha is traveling in the opposite direction as her apartment. Strange, right? Right. So Greg, Samantha's boyfriend, starts to call her to check on her, but she doesn't answer. He calls again, no answer. At this point, he's a little worried, but again, he knows Samantha. She's independent, smart. She can take care of herself. So he goes to sleep that night, thinking that he's probably just overreacting. She's fine. She probably just left her phone in the Uber by accident. Everything is a-okay. But the next morning, he wakes up to the texts and calls from Samantha's friends and roommates who have realized that Samantha never came home the night before. Woo! Okay, I gotta tell you. See this ride-sharing culture that we're in mm-hmm. right now? You just, you don't know. You know? Right. Like, I had a friend, you know, who was like, oh my God, there's cameras in the car. Yes, that's how bad it's gotten. Yeah, right. So, you know... Um, I don't know if that would make me feel safer, like cameras in the car, like safer. Or well, more, for or that friend like, in particular, she felt weirded out by it because yeah. she's like, are they looking at me? I'm like, well, right. this could also be for the driver's sake, you know, because people are sure. crazy. Yeah, so, sure. Uh, yeah. And I myself have have participated in ride sharing, both on the driver yeah. end and the passenger end. So mm. uh, I know a thing or two about this safety thing. So yeah, no, but like while I was doing like research for this case, right? Like I saw all these comments and all these stories, right? About like like you know we're grown up, you know, like you know like with our parents telling us like don't get into the car with strangers, and like now mm-hmm. here we are as mm-hmm. like full grown adults. Oh no, or, like barely even full grown adults, like right. getting into cars with strangers, yeah. right? And like two, like typically after, like when you like are not in like the state of mind when you're drinking to like to be drive yourself home, right? You think that that's like the responsible sure, way to go about sure. it, which it is, which it totally is. But like you're still like in this like inebriated state where like your your judgment is is not good, right? A little and, swayed, yeah, right. Yes. And so this is where it's going. Like it's just it's just crazy. It, so it is kind of like wild, like thinking like ten years ago like this wasn't a normal thing and like no it wasn't at all does it yeah yeah it's like but now you can you can share your location with folks you know mom dad a friend boyfriend girlfriend and Mm -hmm. you know sort of have them track the ride the whole way through so i mean that's as responsible as you can get you know (laughs) if you're not on the phone talking to the person right yeah, we'll hold that thought, Travis, because we are going to come back to what you just said. So definitely hold that for a, little, a lot later on in the episode. Gotcha. Um, but back in Columbia, Samantha's friends and roommates had gotten home after their night out and realized that Samantha wasn't there. So they start tracking her location, too. And they realize that Samantha's phone had stopped being tracked in Rosewood, which is this neighborhood in Columbia just a few blocks southeast of Five Points. But just like Greg, they all went to sleep thinking that Samantha was probably fine. Again, they were, you know, probably just overreacting. She can take care of herself. She probably just lost her phone, right? But the next morning, when Samantha still hasn't returned home, they are absolutely freaking out. They start searching everywhere for any sign of Samantha at all, and they find absolutely nothing. So they look on Samantha's computer to see if they could find any clues in her text messages or her phone history, and they do. They find something that makes all of their hearts stop. Samantha hadn't gotten into the Uber she had called that night at all because what? the Uber had canceled on her when she never showed up. What? Okay. <laughs> okay. This is starting to get a little complex. 
Okay. So Samantha never showed up for the ride. Right. Exactly. So he, he, Travis is like writing it down. He's like, I need to remember that. It yes, you know true. I have my notepad right next to my <laughs> right next to my tall stem. And tonight we're drinking right. Noble Vine glass. By the way, I love. Thank the, you. The, I love the, a tall like, stem. <laughs> yeah, my Olivia Pope stem. Uh, true. You know, but also like going back to their friends too, right? Because like like I feel like we've all kind of been there where it's like like it's a little like it's a little weird, but it's like I'm sure it's fine. Like the the default yeah, is yeah. like I'm sure everything's fine. I'm sure I'm just overreacting because think about all the times that you were just overreacting. Like, everything was actually fine. And so I don't really fault them. And at the end of the day, the person is an adult. Yeah, she's a 21-year-old. Right, exactly. And and two, like, like I think it's, like, really important to note here, like, Samantha is, like, this really rambunctious, like, sassy, like, like she's, like, uh, she's taller. Like, she can take care of herself. She's from New Jersey. Like, she can take care of herself, right. you know? Like, so, she, like, nobody's worrying about Samantha at all. But, again, it's just, like, one of those things that's, like, like, mm, like, are we sure about this? And, like, let's get to, like, where we, maybe, like, some eyebrows should have been raised yeah. a little bit more. Yeah. So. Something isn't aligning here. Right. Well, okay. so hearing this news, Greg decides to get in the car and drive from Charleston to Columbia, which I'm sure is the longest two-hour drive of his life. Meanwhile, Samantha's friends and roommates call 911 and go to where her phone had last pinged, thinking, again, that she had maybe left her phone in the car and that this person, this is where this person had gone or maybe that their phone had been dropped there but when they get there they find absolutely nothing when greg had arrived in columbia after calling samantha's parents in new jersey on the way greg went right to the bar that samantha and her friends were at the night before there greg asked the owners to look at security camera video and they agreed luckily okay that's good seeing that greg is clearly rocked and worried the owners show greg the video and right away he can pick out samantha he is beautiful girlfriend as taller than the average woman and she stood out in her bright orange top that she was wearing that night So they track her leaving the bar shortly after two in the morning and watch her standing outside waiting for her Uber. And what happens next gives Greg the sickest feeling in his stomach that he ever experienced. Get ready for that big test with Study.com. Study.com offers learning materials and test prep, even LSAT study prep guides for all of my legal nerds listening. Unfortunately, there aren't any wine study guides, and believe me, I did check. Listeners can get 30% off their first three months of any subscription level using the promo code CRIMEOVERWINE. Again, that's promo code CRIMEOVERWINE, no spaces, for 30% off your first three months at Study.com. Learn faster, stay motivated, study smarter with our sponsor, Study.com. Travis, what happens next is truly gut-wrenching to watch. I do want to show you, though, the video so you can see this for yourself and describe it for listeners also, if possible. Got it. So we see a huge crowd standing outside of the establishment. Mm -hmm. We can see Samantha on the corner. Right. Right. She runs up to the car. She appears to get in the vehicle. The doors open. Okay. So she opens the door. The door shuts. Yeah. 
so it, so this is so this is what I found interesting. So for so a couple a couple of different interesting things here, right? Like first off, like so many people, right? Like like an absurd amount of people. Like oh I yeah, mean, for yeah, like yeah, a yeah. bar, like normal, but like for, yeah. like and it, for like a crime potentially to be committed here, right? Right, like, so right. Many so many people. Yeah, and then also, so what's interesting to me is like if you notice like where the car, because like like Samantha's kind of like standing like away from this crowd of people, right? Like pro- like a good. 10, 20 feet. Yeah, she's very, very visibly yeah. away from this right. this crowd. Right. And and I th- and it just I think that she's just like leaving for the night, right? Like she probably just doesn't know these people, yeah. right? Like normal. Um but so so then there's like this empty parking spot right in front and this driver like pulls around and you can see like goes over the curb a little bit. Like, I don't, like, I don't know. Like, listen, I've hit a curb or two in my life. Like, don't get me wrong. But, like, I, yes. like, I, like, I, like, it just feels, like, avoidable. And so, it, like, I, it definitely looks to me like, like, it's, like, like, going out of your way almost to, to, like, to get to there. Park. Like, yeah, for sure. Yeah. And... I think that they obviously saw her sticking out. Yeah, and again, so again, alone. Yeah, good, good point there because again, alone, like this car is just is driving by over here, um, like totally alone, away, away from everybody else, like clearly looking around, like waiting for the for the waiting ride, for right? her ride. Yeah, right, exactly. Um, so sticks out, sticks out for sure. Um, but man, I mean, and and she looks, I don't know, like. Like me, I mean, it's March, so maybe she's like cold, but she looks kind of like yeah. I see her. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like she's like her arms folded. Yeah, her arms are folded. Her head's kind of down, right? Like she looks kind of demurred, like kind of like like away from people, in my opinion. Well, yeah, and you know, obviously she's probably inebriated, so she's she's had a few. And so, sure. you know, there's that that feeling of, you know, okay, I'm just ready to get home. Mm. I'm over this. Sure. So. Yeah. And, and I'm that kind of friend when I'm out drinking, right? <laughs> like, I like when I decide I'm going home, like, I'm right. going home. So in like, your mind, you're starting to settle me. down. You're right. over it. <laughs> right. True. Yeah. And, like, again, so she goes out at, like, 1230. Like, I'm so to me, that says, like, they were probably drinking at some friend's house, like, beforehand. So she probably, like, like an hour and a half doesn't really seem all that long to, like, get drunk enough to mm. to like have your judgment mm-hmm. be that kind of impaired mm-hmm. so point being is like i'm sure there were like other activities oh absolutely this thing. hands yeah. down well greg is absolutely shook watching this video because by now he had been told that samantha's uber driver had canceled on her so if that was mm. true whose car did samantha get into that night Police see the footage, too, and are able to tell that this car was a black Chevy Impala, and they put out a notice for any car that matched that description. As Samantha's friends and family spent most of the day on March 29th worried sick and wondering what could have possibly happened to their smart, strong Samantha, their search didn't last for very long. Oh, no. Because just 14 hours after Samantha was caught on camera getting into the strange car, she's found... Uh Oh, no. A turkey hunter had found Samantha's lifeless, mangled body in a remote section of woods 65 miles from Columbia. Samantha was in really rough shape, and this is going to be, like, really hard for everyone to hear, so everyone should probably brace themselves here. Let me take another sip of wine. Yeah, you're going to need that. So, Samantha had been stabbed about 120 times. 
the medical examiner would later say that the stab wounds were likely rapidly inflicted. Among the wounds was one that was inflicted with enough force that the weapon would go through her skull and into her brain. What? Another stab wound went all the way through her right hand, evidence that she had tried to defend herself from the attack. Needless to say, she bled a lot, but the medical examiner estimates that she likely died within 10 to 20 minutes from when the attack began. That is just brutal. Yeah. What, what, I mean, it doesn't sound random at all. Uh, well, yeah, everything leading up to it was so random too, right? And like this felt very personal. I totally Very agree. personal. 121, I mean, 120 times. That is, yeah. that's an indicator of, we were in this to... To make sure that you're you're done. Right. Well, and, like, again, like, everyone, especially, like, parents of, like, 20-something-year-old kids out there, like, like just thinking about, like, like if she was sitting there bleeding for 10 to 20 minutes and, like, she had to have felt, like, every single one of oh, those yeah. stabs. Yeah. Right? So, it, so just I a mean, treacherous just way to lose your life. Right. Man, I just, like, I can't even imagine. Right? And it's just, like... Like, I, it's just so, it's just so hard to even, like, imagine, like, the way that she, like, spent her, like, last final moments, yeah. right? Like, her last final 10 to 20 minutes is just, was just awful. It was just, I mean, obviously, like, not to, like, sta- getting stabbed in any way is, like, not fun, but it's, like, the fact that you, like, you go through this, get stabbed through your skull, like, you're trying to defend yourself and you're just sitting there bleeding out for 10 mm. minutes, at least. Mm-hmm. Ugh, Alone, like, 65 right. miles away. right. Yeah. Friends have no idea. And just, like, totally caught off guard, too, right? Because, again, you're you're going out to, like, to a, to a really fun night with all of your friends, like, letting your hair down. You're like, you know what, I'm ready to go home. You're thinking you're going home to safety, and then suddenly, like, I, I just can't. A Chevy Impala picks you up. Right. And, again, you're just in the backseat. You're thinking everything's fine, and then all of a sudden it isn't. Like, I don't, like, and, like, you're so, like, again, I'm assuming she's drunk at this point, so you're so inebriated that you can't even, like, you, like, I'm sure that just adds to the confusion and the, and the, like, and just, like, like, trying to figure out, like, what, like, what the heck is going on. Sure, she's in a, she's in an absolute shock. She's in a shock state right. of mind, a daze. Yeah, man. Yeah, well, Samantha's friends and family are just absolutely heartbreaking and just, like, Mm. confused by this news, as everyone can imagine. I mean, their powerful Samantha was brutally, seemingly randomly, and completely senselessly murdered in one of the worst ways imaginable. And already her death had reached national prominence at this point, and it shook college towns across the country. Suddenly, their safety was massively at risk, and it seemed as though even the most carefree and crowded nights weren't so carefree at all. Well, yeah, because if you look at the crowd around her, these are people, they really didn't even look her way, to be honest with you. I I referenced the video again. You know, these were people who were obviously engaged (laughs) among themselves, Mm -hmm. but nobody seemed to be looking in Samantha's direction, which is super strange. Well, but and like, why would you too, though, right? Like, to be fair, like, it's, it's just everything seems normal until it's, and like, who, like, like all those people, like, I can't even imagine, like, again, like this video, like being circulated, like nationally, and you're just like that guy who just stood there and all of a sudden it's like, whoa, that happens? Like, I was sitting here. I was having a good time. Right. You know? Yeah, like, like I was I was with a couple of friends next to the window or the or the, the door. Right. 
Right. And, you know, I would have never thought, you know, that that person standing on the corner. Right. Right. Was about to. Was about to be stabbed 126 times. Uh, that is. Right. Well, all while Samantha's loved ones were wrapping their heads around Samantha's death, police were out looking for that black Chevy Impala that Samantha was seen getting into, likely thinking it was her Uber driver there to take her home to safety. And police in Columbia do find a few, but they were all not matches. They were not their guys. Until 3 in the morning on March 30th, likely just about 24 hours after Samantha was murdered, a police officer spotted a car matching this description, leaving the Five Points District right around where Samantha was kidnapped and later murdered. The officer pulls the driver over and asks for his driver's license, but the driver says he lost it at a club. Well, the officer believes he smells marijuana, and so he asked the driver if he had been smoking any, and the driver said he did, but it was earlier in the day and that he wasn't high in that moment. But that was enough probable cause in and of itself for the officer to try and search the car and question the driver. So he asks the driver to step out of the car, and he does, but he immediately takes off running, but is later captured by the officer after just a short chase. Pretty sure that they likely just caught their killer, they return to the black Chevy Impala and find all the evidence they need to prove that to be true. There is blood all over his car. It looked like a massacre had taken place in his back seat. In the trunk was some bloody clothes and some cleaning supplies also with blood on it. And also in the car was a pink keychain and a rose gold iPhone, just like Uh, the one Samantha had. So, okay. So first off, he's back in this area. Is he looking for Mm -hmm. his next victim? Right. Is he planning to do this again? But, okay, so we have her phone. We have... Mm -hmm clothing, blood, clear indicators that this is Mm -hmm. the guy. Right. Yeah. Like, literally everything you could possibly want, I would think, right, Right. to, like, you know, to find find a suspect here. Um, Yeah, and that kind of caught me off guard, too, right? The fact that he was, like, in the same area. Area, yeah. Like, who goes back to the crime scene? Or who goes back to the, the place where, you know, you get, got your first victim? like 24 hours earlier right like let's keep like this is all happening like super quick right like like it's so it's it did kind of catch me off guard for sure i mean that again just like screams guilty conscience in my opinion um but police are able to confirm that the blood did indeed belong to samantha and they also find some more items that had samantha's fingerprints on them inside the car and they also find Hmm. even more evidence of i mean just like a brutal murder that took place inside of this dude's car they find a bare footprint on his back windshield, and the footprint was smudged, but they were able to determine that the footprint also did belong to Samantha. Wait, a bare footprint? Yeah, right. And so, like, like again, like I'm trying not to like picture this too much because it's so her shoes so were horrible. so her shoes were taken off. I am assuming, so here's what I'm assuming happened, right? Like, I'm assuming, like, in this craziness, like, her shoes fell off somehow, like, came off in some way, shape, or form. And I just, like, picture her, like, just in an act of desperation, right? Like, flipping around on the backseat of the car and just trying to kick. Well, yeah, fighting for her life, absolutely. Screaming, all the things. But I'm starting to think, and we'll probably touch on this in a few, but I'm starting to think, like... If this wasn't the driver, 
why did you get in the car? And maybe, you know, obviously mm. her, her conscience wasn't clear enough at the time. Right. Yeah. And we're definitely going to get to, like, some of the issues that may have been, like, really, like, um, like structural here that yes. like, may have led to that, to, to, like, answer your question. Um, so definitely hold that thought for sure. Gotcha. So we want to know, I need to know who the heck this guy is. Well, he is 24-year-old Nathaniel Rowland, and we don't really know too much about him beyond that because he is not super cooperative with police at all. They do bring him down to the station to question him, but in this video, he's seen falling asleep a few times and said he didn't want to talk or answer any of the officer's questions. And when they ask him about Samantha, he denies any involvement in her death, despite the backseat of his car being covered in her blood. Oh, this guy definitely has something to hide. I mean, he runs away. Right. Right. You know, on foot. Right. Well, police do get a warrant for Nathaniel's phone records, and they are able to track his phone for the entire 24-hour period that they're interested in. And his phone lined up perfectly with the path that Samantha had traveled that night, including right to the Rosewood community where Samantha's phone had last pinged. Then his phone went to Sumter and New Zion, which is where Samantha's body was found. So police had like a pile of evidence already. So police didn't need to know anything else. They didn't need him to cooperate in order to know the truth that Nathaniel had lured Samantha into his car under the pretense that he was there to bring her home to safety after a night of celebrating all of the accomplishments she was achieving in her life at the time. Police believe that Nathaniel had his eyes on Samantha, and there's even evidence that he drove over a curb, again, like we were talking about, to get to the parking spot where she got into the car. Once in the car, she was trapped. He had turned the child locks on Mm. and likely had the intention of robbing her, but didn't (sighs) intend or anticipate her fighting back so hard. So once she did, he ended up stabbing her 120 times in rapid succession for reasons we may never fully know before dumping her body 60 plus miles away from safety. This is so brutal. I mean... So his intention, when we talk about his intent, first mm-hmm. being a robbery, mm-hmm. and then it becomes more, because like you said, again, this is this is not just some frail girl. This is right. a, you know, one that looks to fight back. And so right. um, very unexpected for him. So mm-hmm. he's just... At this point, you know, he, he has to do something. Yeah. Well, and and I like well, this is the way I kind of picture this like kind of playing out, right? Because she probably gets into the car and like quickly maybe gets a little confused of like, wait, you're not my Uber right. driver. Like, you know, this is let me out. Really, what's supposed to? Yeah, w- let me out. Realizes the door is locked and probably just starts like wailing on him because she probably realizes what's going on, right? Like she's a smart girl. Yes. And then when he starts ra- wailing on when she starts wailing on him, he. Fights right back, right? Like, thinking he's, like, defending himself, but in reality, he's kidnapping her. Got it. And killing her. No, what I'm wondering is, like, the weapon. I need to know more about the weapon, because where did the, you know, did he have a knife already? Like, what did he Mm -hmm. use? Yeah, so we are just about to get to that, so definitely hold that for a second, because we're about to answer that question for you, Travis. So, Nathaniel is charged with kidnapping, murder, and possession of a weapon during the commission of a crime, and he is denied bond. He is processed and booked, and in that process, police find Samantha's DNA under his fingernails, and her blood on a sock and a bandana that he had on him. 
Police execute a search warrant as, at his home, which was only two miles from where Samantha's body was found. And they also execute a search warrant at his girlfriend Maria's home, where Nathaniel was known to stay a lot. Maria tells police that Nathaniel picked her up from work on March 28th. When they went home, they talked a little bit and fell asleep around 1.30 in the morning. She had to go to work at 7 that, that morning, but when she woke up, he wasn't there and didn't return home until around 7.45. Maria even tells police that she saw him cleaning the back of his car, but she didn't call police about it because she was afraid of him. Police had a sneaking suspicion of where they could find more evidence, and they were right. In a trash can behind Maria's home, they find bloody paper towels, cleaning supplies, which also had blood on them, and a likely murder weapon. A multi-purpose knife that also had Samantha's blood on it. Also in the trash can is bloody clothes belonging to Samantha and gloves that had both Samantha and Nathaniel's DNA on them. Okay, now I'm sort of looking at Maria a little funny. Sure. Because, Maria, why did we take all this time (laughs) to say something? Sure. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, like, it happened pretty quick, right? Because, again, so this is, like, 24, like, 24 hours after the, um, the, the murders is when Nathaniel's arrested, and, you know, pretty soon after that, I would imagine, that is when they execute the search warrant and talk to Maria and stuff, so it's really, it's not, like, there's, like, wait all that time, but, like... Sure, like, you know, you see someone cleaning out the bloody backseat of their car, call police, right? Yeah. That's logical. <laughs> but I also, like, do wonder, like, like if, because if somebody is capable of this, right, like, I wonder if, if he had, like, other, like, if he had tendencies to, like, be violent or int- intimidating or threatening toward her. Right. Was you know? there a domestic violence situation happening right. at the home? Right. Was she fearful of him, like you said, likely? And, you know, could I end up being... Mm-hmm. the victim of whose exactly. ever those bloody clothes were for. Yeah. So. Well, and too, like, you know, we talk all the time about, like, about these cases where, like, once somebody, a key figure in these cases, even if they're not, like, intimately involved in, like, in certain cases, um, we talk about this in, like, mob cases a lot, right, where, um, you know, once once one person is taken into custody, like, that's when a lot of people start talking because, like, they view this as, like, as, like, okay, well, they can't get to me anymore. Like, they can't hurt me. Like, there are way right um, and so this is probably a similar situation that's the vibes i got anyways here yeah yeah but maria is definitely a key player yeah oh yeah for sure well in searching through nathaniel's belongings police also find something incredibly interesting they find even more evidence that nathaniel was a dangerous guy if they didn't know that already evidence that suggests that he may have tried to do this before <laughs> Crime Over Wine is proud to support Emancipet. Veterinary care shouldn't be a mystery, and neither should your pet's health. Emancipet's licensed veterinarians have answers to all of your pet questions. In the Vet Ed video series, veterinarians break down topics from spaying and neutering to protecting your pet in cold weather. Learn more at emancipet.org and watch Vet Ed on the Emancipet YouTube channel. All right, I just got to the bottom of my first glass. Oh, I thought you were about to say the b- bottom of the bottle, Travis. <laughs> I was like, yo, he's down in this. Wait, so so what are, what are you thinking though? What 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 are your thoughts over like now that it's like it's like breathe a little bit more, it's softened. So halfway through, I started to get a little tipsy for sure. 
Um, I would definitely say that. I was like, wait, what? We have video surveillance footage? Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> Need to pour another glass. Need to sure. pour another glass because <laughs> we have visuals to this thing. You know? Right, right, right. Um, well, I... I am like like we're talking about a lot of like dark red fruit flavors here for sure in the in the wine that we're talking about. Um and so I am actually like I usually usually when we're talking about like cherries and blackberries and stuff, like it's usually on the sweeter side for me. I'm not usually a fan, but I'm liking this one. Um because I think the fruits like work really, really well. Yeah, they blend they blend perfectly. And I like mm-hmm. I told you from the beginning, I am a sweet red, so I always yeah. appreciate something that's um, you know, sweet. And this one's not overly sweet cuz some yeah. sweet reds can be, you know, a little overbearing, but Oh yeah. Um again going to that uh, going back to that that ease, that ease on the lips. Mm-hmm. And then but you know what, as I my second glass, I'm not even feeling the kickback on the back of the Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know what? You're right about that. Actually, I'm getting a whole, I'm getting a lot in the front of the mouth. I'm not getting a whole lot in the throat at all. It's like it's like a number. It's like it, it yeah. numbs you up a little bit. It sure is. Yeah, I yeah I and it's definitely like a sweeter cabernet for sure. For 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 a cabernet, it's on the sweeter side, hundred percent. And I'm also like a lot of these flavors are kind of dimming down. Like we were talking a lot about um about in the in the beginning of the episode, um how like it's it's a bolder red. This I'm starting to get a little little softer ish. Oh, absolutely. So it's not yeah. Absolutely, it's not as as heavy. Um, it's really light. Yeah, yeah, but still, still very, a very, 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 very smooth Cabernet for sure. Yes, this was a good pick. Yeah, yeah. Well, oh well, thanks, thanks. Only the best for Travis. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Listen. All right. Well, let's get back to some of the story because so we so when we just left before we were talking about how um about how he may have done this before potentially so let's find out what that means. Okay, what do you think? Let's okay. do it. Let's hop into it. While police find belongings that didn't belong to Nathaniel in their searches, they were things that tied back to another reported kidnapping and robbery that took place in October of 2018. What? That month, a woman reported to police that two men had carjacked her at a traffic light in Columbia. The men apparently told her to drive to an ATM and forced her to empty her accounts to give them the money. Then they allegedly forced her to drive home where they took even more of her belongings, including a PlayStation 4, which they later sold at pawn shops. But they never found the men who were responsible. But now in, 20, in 2019, after linking Nathaniel to that incident, he was also charged with obtaining goods under false premises. Okay, so we have what seems to be a motive, in my opinion. So this mm-hmm. goes back to what you said earlier about the robbery piece. Right. This is what he initially had in mind, right? Yeah. He's going right. to catch this girl that's standing on the corner by herself. This is this is the perfect the perfect mm-hmm. victim the perfect pick. Yeah, well, and too like I have to because like because I went to this kind of school right like where like you know the money was just like bursting at the seams. Oh, you of know course. What I mean? And so yeah, so like I am sure and like to be clear, I was not one of those kids. Was, like, <laughs> that crystal clear. But you made it. Um, you made it. Out. But I made it. Um, but so point being is that like I'm sure that like it's well known because like I know these college mm-hmm. towns right like so like I'm sure that it's well known that like. That like if you just drive by, like these kids are you know loaded. Are, you know their their parents are loaded. They they probably have lots of money that that their mom and dad put into to some to some banking account. I don't 
know if this is true for Samantha at all, at all in any way, shape, or form. But the point is that this is the presumption, right? Like if right. you go to the to these areas of town where the kids are partying, the drinks are flowing, the 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 cares are a zero. Um, then I'm sure that you could probably pick one up and 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 you know and get them to give you all of mommy and daddy's money. It's the perfect environment. You right. are talking about 21 year olds, young adults mm-hmm. who you know whether they're uh, hard partiers or not. This is the perfect grounds for picking somebody up, for sure. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. Yeah, and it also, I think, goes really, really well with, like, the theory that we were coming up with, right, of, like, how this all played out in terms of, like, like it probably started off as, like, another one of these situations that that, ha- that happened to this woman in, t- in 2018, um, and um, and she wasn't having it. Like, she fought right back, and, it, and he fought back against her. You know, yes. so that that's it probably is exactly how this whole thing played out. And it's because keep in know. mind, like she had a lot to lose. Right. I mean, this is right. a, a very pivotal time in her life. Mm-hmm. She's a lot going on, which right. is probably why she left earlier. Typically, mm-hmm. people like that know that they have more to get done in life. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, like I have a lot to lose, yeah. actually. <laughs> well, and like, again, like I was not one of these kids, but like, you know, she had like she like like she could have stayed out. For like until four o'clock in the morning, and like I like again, like I worked very much, but like I was like one of those kids that like wanted us to, to say to see the party through. Yeah, she's not was she was like nope, I got work tomorrow, y'all. Like yeah. sorry, like you know, like had a good time, but it's time to go. Now as I take another sip, I was the kid who did a little bit of both. Right. <laughs> some days I turned in at twelve thirty, some I turned in at five. Right. Well, <laughs> right. so so, the, so point being is that like she like she was doing the right thing. Right. You know, like she was like yeah. like and like that that's always like. A harder pill to swallow for me right yeah. because like it's like it always seems like the people who are always trying to do the right thing are the ones who always catch the hardest breaks i guess it feels like weird to say but like, it, like on a straight like, and narrow have, you know you're on this yeah. path to you know success or at least trying to grab a hold of it and you know you have this horrible tragedy mm-hmm. uh, someone whether it be random or known you know somebody that comes yeah. and interrupts that so yeah, yeah, yeah. Such the, a tragedy. The, the bad things happen to good people. Mm. So unfortunate. But Nathaniel, though, pleads not guilty to all of this. And he goes to trial in the summer of 2021. And he is assigned to none other than the legendary South Carolina judge Clifton Newman, the same judge who presided over the Alec Murdoch double mm. murder trial and is also assigned to all of Alec Murdoch's criminal cases mm. today. So a heavy hitter. A heavy in the hitter. legal system. Like, all I have to say, like, because a lot of weird stuff happens in South Carolina. Like, I really need to know, like, are there any other judges in South Carolina besides Judge Newman? Because I feel like he takes he takes all of them. Like, I've never I don't think I've ever seen another judge in South Carolina besides Clifton Newman. That's all that I've heard, to be honest yeah. with you. That's all. Listen, as far as I'm concerned, that's all we need because he's a king. He so. is. Indeed. He, sure he, is. Does, he plays no games. He's going to uh-uh. to make sure you get. What you what you need to think about what it is that you you've done, you know, right? At the right, least. yeah, no, and he and like and too, because I um like listen to like li- like listen, I was obsessed with the Alec Murdoch cases as everyone was, um, but like I like listened to all sorts of podcasts about and and documentaries about about this case, and there was somebody who said in one of the podcasts I listened to it, I don't remember who it was, and he was just like commenting on like every decision that he was making about like like every time he overruled an objection or every time he like 
sustained an objection, like whatever. And like, it was like so sound and it just like made sense. And so like point being is this is like a legal mind of like high, high caliber. Um, and so in like, like smaller words, like he, he doesn't fuck around. So <laughs> that's, that's the team. Well, Nathaniel's defense team starts to craft their case for why Nathaniel is like totally innocent in all of this. And it all centers around really three main points. The first is that the examiner couldn't say definitively that it was Nathaniel's DNA that was found on the knife that police believe is the murder weapon. Interestingly, too, on their second point, they they make the argument that none of Nathaniel's DNA was found on Samantha's body, but someone else's DNA was. So whose DNA was it? Well, I never actually saw that question answered or even like hypothesized upon sure. for, uh, on behalf of the, of the defense team, Travis. But and maybe there like isn't necessarily an answer just yet or wasn't an answer then. Like, who knows? But both of those points lead to their third and overarching point that prosecutors could not prove beyond a reasonable doubt based on the evidence they have that Nathaniel was for sure the person who killed Samantha or if he was just the person who was driving the car the night that she was murdered. And now we have another piece of the puzzle. Mm Mm-hmm. So now we have another key player in this board game. Right. Oh, my goodness. Well, and let's keep... Possibly, and let's keep in mind too. I think like the pretty obvious implication here is that like they're pointing out the person who the other person who was involved in the October twenty eighteen right, right, yeah, kidnapping because he didn't like, do this thing. alone, yeah. Right. And like, which, which would make sense to me, right? Like, it's obvious that these are like, like Bonnie and Clyde, like running around, like doing this stuff. Like, it, like that makes a good amount of sense to me if that is like the final answer. But then to the, to that point though, like, why would it Nathaniel like, like to avoid a murder charge, like, like if he knows he truly didn't do it, right? Like, why wouldn't he say, well, this is the person who, who did it? Or at the very least, mm. this is the person who was also there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is know? he trying to protect someone? I mean, listen, like in the, in these like, like Southern states, y'all, like the Southeastern states, like you think about like mob activity, like in like Chicago and New York, like in those kinds of cities, like. Like the connections run deep, deep in very states deep. like South yeah. Carolina, Georgia, Florida, Tennessee, even Louisiana. Like, yeah, people are right. Very, yeah, no, um, for sure. You know, I think about New Orleans, where I'm from. You know, people are very, when it comes to their, <laughs> I would just keep it real with you. They'll say hood. You know, when it comes to their hood, you know, mm-hmm. or you know their war, you know, they're very protective over. Right the territory, and right. you know they'll do anything to to keep that 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 steady, and so right. um, this could be one of those cases for sure. It seems like it to me. It, in my opinion, it seems like that it's one of those situations, probably right. Because otherwise, why wouldn't you just throw your, throw your boy under the bus? Right. I mean, and there's so much at stake. Right, retaliation. Right. There's there sure. could be you know money involved. Yeah. Um, all sorts of Assuming things. Assuming that the implication here is that there was somebody else in the car, at least, right? It wasn't just Nathaniel. Right. Um, which, again, makes a good amount of sense to me, but it also makes a good amount of sense that he was the only person in the car. Right. But again, but also, like, someone else's DNA could be a lot of different people, too, in my opinion. Like, she lived with a lot of different girls. Like, she has a boyfriend. Like, it seems like there's a lot of different people it could be. Hypothetically, that's, like, left, like, residual, I suppose. So it doesn't necessarily even have to point to a killer. Um, but I do think it's interesting, though, that, like, none of his DNA at all was found on Samantha if he's if he was actually the murderer. This is true. Like I don't really even understand how that works. But her her DNA was under his nails. This so, is true. I mean, yeah. so he absolutely had contact with her at some point in the oh, night. Yeah. 
Um, oh, yeah. But you know what? You know, this car piece is interesting because, you know, a lot of times cars are used in crimes in their past along mm-hmm. during mm-hmm. the process. And so, you know, this right. is going to be interesting to see how this all ties together with the car. Yeah. And, you know, that's a good point because I never saw for sure if the car was, like, registered to him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so that would be really interesting to yes. know. And I never saw that question answered. Um, and, and, like... And two, like like a lot of times, like again in these kind of you know situations that you're describing here with like with with this, like I feel like it, I wouldn't put it past like somebody to like steal someone's car, like commit the crime, and then be like, here you go, as like a drop, right? As right. Like, wait, as like almost almost probably even like a threat potentially. Right. Like, Have you heard of the Honda Kia boys? <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Right. They're they're yeah. out and they're you know stealing people's vehicles and then committing the crimes. Yeah, man, it's it's crazy. So, anyways, I just feel like there's a lot of possibilities here. So, and I feel like the fact that he's not saying a lot kind of says says I'm trying lot. to protect someone. Yeah. Yeah, exactly in my opinion. Well. Well, but that's not all of the evidence that prosecutors have. They end up bringing more than 30 witnesses to testify in Nathaniel's trial. Investigators, the medical examiner, Samantha's friends and roommates and her boyfriend Greg. And they also call the actual Uber driver who was supposed to pick Samantha up that night. He testifies that he showed up to the bar to pick Samantha up but didn't see her. He tried to call her but she didn't pick up. He drove around for a bit waiting for her but canceled after a couple of minutes when he didn't find her and never heard back from her. Now, prosecutors also make a really fascinating call on top of that. They bring up a clerk at a cell phone repair shop. A clerk at a cell phone repair shop. Okay, well, what's that? What's that about? Well, here's how that played out, Travis. Prosecutors lay out evidence that Samantha's ATM card had been used after she died. There were nine unsuccessful attempts to withdraw cash made, and one of those attempts was caught on camera. Uh. They show surveillance camera video of a man wearing wearing dark clothing and gloves with a drawstring and a bandana covering his face, so completely nondescript. Again, this person wasn't able to withdraw any cash, but interestingly, police also show video from that cell phone repair shop of someone wearing the same exact clothes. The clerk says that this man tried to sell the store a rose gold iPhone, the same kind of Samantha's, but the clerk wouldn't take it, and the clerk positively identified the man as Nathaniel Rowland. Wow. Okay, so there was... A stop made along the way. Yeah, a lot happened in that twenty-four hour period. Yeah, I mean, gathering. it's just it's it's he's well, he's moving fast, obviously, right? Because he right. has to. Right. Okay, so he has Samantha's belongings. He has the ATM card. So he, I mean, he got the mm-hmm. debit card or whatever, and he's trying to attempt to to get some cash out. Mm-hmm. Right, which again, like like that to me is even more evidence that like the original intent here was the robbery. Was a robbery. Yes. Right, like that just and again like like the whole point here was just to get some quick some quick cash. He was probably gonna steal her phone. He was probably gonna drive to the ATM, make her withdraw cash, and then you know bring her home, like was, turn her loose at some point. Um, and then it just all went wrong, I suppose, from his perspective. Now, okay, this nine piece. Is pretty yeah. interesting. This this nine unsuccessful attempts yeah. piece to withdraw. So right. I'm wondering, did he not have the code that he needed? Yeah, right. Like that kind of blew my mind too, because it's like, why even try if you don't even know the if you don't know the code? Right, right. Like you can't guess it. 
Like, I don't know. I don't, yeah, I don't really understand that. And so he clearly didn't get that from her. Right, exactly. I mean, the only thing I can think of is that, like, maybe if he was somehow able to figure out, like, her, like, phone password, like, maybe, like, because a lot of people just use the same code. That, I mean, that's everything. a good point. That's a good point. Yeah. I don't know. But, like, again, it didn't even work. So, like, I guess you, I mean, I, I, in my mind, too, like, I have to imagine that, like, you just killed a girl, right? Like, you, like, you, like, the, like, you need to make it worth it. I mean, you know what I mean? For sure. So, yeah, you want to you wanna make sure yeah. you get all that you can get out of it. Right. Well, after just an hour of deliberation, a jury made a clear determination. They found Nathaniel Roland guilty on all charges, and mm. he is sentenced to life in prison without the possibility of parole. And our hero, Judge Newman, <laughs> who was known for his profound and strong comments he makes during sentencing, confronts Nathaniel for his gruesome crimes. He says, quote, for whoever asked me for leniency, that's not part of my DNA. And then says Samantha, quote, obviously put up an amazing fight against you and left a sufficient trail for the jury to see what you did, end quote. Drops the mic. Drops the on mic. On the stand. Judge yeah, Newman literally. is not to be played with. <laughs> <laughs> for real. Well, but like, but like what you're talking about before, like, for, like whoever asked me for leniency, like that's not part of my DNA. Like he basically said, no, no, like good, good try, but, but wrong judge. Right. You know, you're again, you are facing a heavy hitter, somebody who is going right. to, to ask all the questions. Right. Is not going to let the BS pass. Right. Mm-hmm. And then, but I also have to say, too, here, like, um, so the, um, like, so what he says at the end about, like, um, left a sufficient trail for the jury to see what you did is kind of fascinating to me because, like, we talk a lot about, like, like victims testifying from the grave, right? About, like, like things that, mm-hmm. that they mm-hmm. did. Um, you know, or that, you know, they left behind or like, like, however, like all this happened that like, like gave them clues to like the point them in the right direction. Sure, and like sure. Samantha definitely did that. And that's like, a part of the sure. fight too, right? Is like, right. it's not always physical. Obviously, clearly right. she, she put up a physical fight, but mm-hmm. you know, she's like in her head, you know, if I'm going to go, I'm going to make sure the people right. who are looking for me, my family, my friends, they know that I did right. all that I could. Yeah, to oh, to save my life, and so <sighs> yeah, kudos to Samantha. You know, rest in peace, right. Samantha. And I think, you know, it gives other people, you know, that this could potentially happen to you know a yeah. roadmap, sort of to you know if if you if you picked up by somebody, you know, you know, drop something on the floor or or leave mm-hmm. your you know your eye your uh, ear pod case or something like that for tracking purposes. So, I mean, we have all of these different tools that we can use now to, to track back. So I'm glad that she, she did. Yeah. Well, and like too, cause it would have been so easy for her to, to go with it. Right. And like, maybe she would have survived if she just went with it. Right. right? And like, but so like, but in her, in her mind, right. Like she's, she's a fighter, right. Like, like people. And so it's like, and, and from that perspective too, um, it's, it's almost, it's almost a little poetic here. Um, because in like the most darkest, in like the darkest way possible, because like her being a fighter, like, you know, and like her not going down without a fight, like did point her, did point them to, to her direction. Because it, it, again, it could have easily just been like, who knows how this whole thing played out, but like maybe he started stabbing her before anything happened. Um, and she could have just like laid there and just like bled sure, out and like, who knows sure, if they would have found her. Sure. Um, and I'm sure that wasn't going through her head at yeah, the time. Yeah, 
yeah. like, oh my god, I'm dying. I need to make sure that that people can find out who did this. Yeah. Um, but I mean that, but her, but her being able to to do that and her having that in her is is at the end of the day what what you know pointed people to her killer. Right. It's almost like a sacrificial revelation right. of kind of. Yeah. Hey, you know, I know I can't survive being stabbed five times. I know how long I've been driving mm. or in the back of this person's car. Yeah. And mm. I know I'm far away from people, you know, because, I mean, these people get smarter by the day, but not really. Um, <laughs> but, you know, here's my chance to really show up. And if I'm not going to be successful yeah. in how I imagined this is right. what it's going to look like. Well, and this is like a girl, like, be, like absent that, who did everything more or less right, right? Like, yeah. she like she left the bar early because she had mm-hmm. to go to work the next morning. Like, she had, like, her friends had her location so they could see her every movement. Um, and so, like, like, frankly, like, here's your sign, right? Like, like, with, like, find those people who you trust more than life, right? Like, and like, and like, make sure that they, like, have their eyes on you and, like, give them the resources to make sure that they, that they can, you know, that they can keep an eye on you. I think it's just so important. Like, there's so many ways you can do that these days. And just, like, yes. like, 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 give your loved ones the the uh, the, the the resources that they need to, to, to take care to of you. To be able to track you. Yeah, because there's some yeah. people who do not have that village, right? right. Of family, of friends, or people mm-hmm. that truly care, you know? And uh, I'm, I'm sure you so and true. I have, can attest to this, but whether it be coworkers, whether it be friends or family... You know, we have a village that, you know, it's like, okay, you call me when you get home, you know? Right, right. Um, and if yeah. I don't hear from you, you know, after tomorrow, I'm I'm doubling back. Yeah. Um, but like you said, resources are so important. And, I mean, I feel like yeah. we're, we're given the tools now. I mean, we have so much footage. We have the mm-hmm. tracking devices, all the things. And so, you know, yeah. but unfortunately, perpetrators are getting you know, more clever and clever by the day. Right. And that, unfortunately, yeah. none of that stuff can can act as fast as we need it to. <laughs> right. No, no, for sure. Um, well, you know, t- going back to what you were talking about at the very, very beginning of this episode, Travis, we're about to kind of dive into that um, a good bit. So so let's get there, too. Um, because Samantha's tragic and gruesome death led to a real reckoning among rideshare services, Ooh. which were really just starting to reach peak popularity at this time. Uber pretty much immediately put in place policies that required all drivers to have two placards on their cars, identifying them as official Uber drivers. The company also required all drivers to have their photos and license plate numbers displayed on the app and required prominent displays of driver's license plates. Mm. As part of this big change, they also remind riders with every ride to remember to match the license plate, driver photo, and the car's make and model before getting in. The company also recommends riders wait for the driver to share the name of the rider that they're waiting on, not to ask the driver if they are there for you. It forces the driver to share the information first, as opposed to the rider being asked to share their personal information with the driver. But Samantha's parents didn't stop there at making sure that no other young girl has to suffer the way that Samantha did. They lobbied hard for Sammy's Law, a federal law that makes the changes that Uber put into place universal across all rideshare services. It also requires the federal government to begin studying rideshare safety to see if there are more measures that need to be enacted. 
President Biden signed Sammy's Law into law in January of 2023, just earlier this year. The states of New Jersey and South Carolina had both already passed similar laws in Samantha's honor just months after her tragic murder. You know, I, I have to, to pause here and take a sip because mm -hmm. it's so unfortunate that with this technology, we don't think about these things ahead, right, of, time. ahead of time. Yeah. <laughs> Um, mm. it, it, you know, we wait until tragedy strikes in order to update our mm. policies and practices. And it's right. like, we know that these things could possibly happen. Yeah. You know, I mean, they ha they've hap they, they happened in cabs. They happened when, mm. you know, right. on yeah. the bus, yeah, on, the, on the tram, true. you know. And so it's like, why do we wait? It, we have an even more intimate setting with Uber drivers or ride sharing services now. Right. People like, we do not know. At, At all. all. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so you would think that these sorts of things would be studied when we prepare to roll them out. But yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's so true. And like, I almost wonder because it's kind of like what we were talking about, like earlier, like, like earlier in the, in the episode, just about like how there's like this innate, like, um, like understanding or like perception or like maybe desire for us to think that like these bad things are never going to happen to us right and like you we all just like kind of like go like go about our lives and like if you see something weird happening it's like oh like i'm sure i'll be fine like i'm sure everything will be yeah okay. like, i think yeah. something weird's happening like oh no i'm sure i'm just overreacting and so like i like i feel like like, at the end of the day, like, people designing these apps and, like, these companies are all human beings. And it's, like, unfortunate, but I almost wonder if, like, it was a little bit of that, of just, like, like not even imagine that there's, like, a person in this world who would pretend, who would pretend to be an Uber driver mm -hmm. and pick somebody and pick a, pick a like, you know, um, you know, some, some young woman up and kill her and murder her. Sure, um, sure. You know? And so, like... I don't know. It just to me, to me, and like when I, when I heard about this, it just it, it just had to be one of those situations of just like oh, it happens some it happens to somebody else. Like it happens in other cities, it happens in other towns. It doesn't happen here. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And I, I definitely think like developers, you know, they are trying to appeal to what's going to make our users lives easier right and right. not thinking about you know oh there's going to be somebody that's going to try to right. beat the system here and so shout yeah. out to sammy's parents for being right. vocal about this and yeah. making sure that there's real change you know as we develop all these things um because right. hey you know artificial intelligence you know things are, right. are creeping up on us here in mm -hmm. 2023 yeah, as we know. as we near 2024. So it's going to be really important to make sure that safety is paramount for all yeah. of these things. So Sammy yeah. Law, I'm here for it. Right. And well, and I see all these like, you know, these new features on on, you know, smartphones and on apps and stuff where like it's um where like safety is like top priority there, right? Yeah. Cuz like I see like I noticed like like maybe about a year ago with like the like maybe it was like the update before the update just happened on iPhone um where like it was um where like even if your phone's off like their phone's still trackable um which yeah. I think is really yeah. like and or damage whatever you can like still 
do the find my iPhone. Right. Which I think is important, right? Because obviously, like the like the, the if you're gonna kidnap someone, like you would get rid of the phone. Like you would you would break the phone, you would turn it off, like you would do whatever on that front. And so I think that's really important. And also like it always amazes me because I think back to like the Suzanne Lyle case that we did earlier in this podcast, um, where you know the the parents or like the Ellen Greenberg case, where like the parents like so easily could have just been like so consumed with their grief, um, but instead tried to, you know, really actively and like and like persistently push for change and like Ooh, push for things that's to good. happen. You know? Yeah. And so like I just I think, you know, this is like such a good example of it because it could have just been so easy for you to just like never leave your house again, for you to just like never leave your bed, for you to just be like permanently upset. Yes. But instead they were like, no, 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 no. Like I'm like if I have to deal with this, I'm gonna make sure nobody else has to deal with this ever again. Sure. I think every moment that we experience tragedy, there's also this opportunity to be advocates. Mm-hmm. Um, right. And I think, you know, we see that with, with most cases. Some are a little bit more complacent than others, but there's always that family that, that one family that will go the extra mile and make right. sure that, you know, we're holding these, you know, developers accountable uh, because we, like, it's inevitable, right? Like, right. technology is going to evolve. It's going to mm-hmm. appeal to, you know, the generations that, that come after us here and it's just gonna get it's gonna get better and better but at the same time this is just more that you know more generations have to also adapt to so right also another note like again shout out to sammy's parents you know it's also i think this is another example of making sure your parents are definitely up to speed um, mm-hmm. And they know mm-hmm. they know technology as well. Right, and teaching them as much as they can so that they can also advocate for you. Right, right, yeah, right, and yeah, and it always like amazes me like seeing like the younger and younger and younger kids who are getting access to technology and like you really need to like make sure that they that like you know because for every like website that's banned like there are ten that like you don't even know about you know you know what I mean and so um like you like it's just it's just really important for you to know like what's going on in your child's world, whether yes. they're 21 or that they're five years old. Yes. And you know what's unique so. about this particular crime, and I was just thinking about this earlier too, is that like how close in age they were. Mm. And, you know, so he knew, he probably had an inkling like, oh, she could very much so either attack me back, you know, mm. you know, mm. be able to get out of this, wiggle her way out of this. And or, you know, she's going to she's going to tell someone. Well, and they probably knew that, like, that, like, the phone could be tracked. Right. Yes. And, like, that's why he tried to get rid of it. And, like, right. you know, and, like, he knew what, like, what kind of technology was out there. Whereas, like, I do feel like a lot of times it's it is a significant age, age difference. Like, sure. Usually these people are, like, twice their age and, like, that kind of thing. And, like, the, it's, like, you don't really hear about, like, yes. a whole lot of 20-year-old murderers all that much. But I do just have to say, too, um, you know, just one final thought here. Because I think, like, a lot of times, like, and this is one of the reasons why I started this podcast, right? Of, like... Like, you know, using, like, true crime and using, like, tr- like using tragedy, using true crime to, like, to make a difference and, like, to, to, to you know, affect people's lives as opposed to, um, you know, as opposed to just using it for entertainment. Because I've, I've said this before on this podcast, but I can never say it enough, so I will say it again, of, like, you know, like, like yes, these, like, stories that we've talked about all the time are, like, are entertaining. And, like, I hope that you all find it entertaining to sure. a certain extent, but, like, I also hope that you find it a little inspiring, Absolutely. too, of, like, 
of like, you know, like, you know, like Samantha's parents, like, again, easily could have let it consume them in some way, shape or form, but like instead made change. And so um, the whole point of what I'm trying to say here in like the most long winded way possible um, is like, I hope that like when you when you hear these stories and like you, you, you know, you're using, you know, what you're learning here and like, you know, going out and, you know, advocating for on behalf of, of people like Samantha because they deserve it. They need it. And because they can't speak for themselves anymore. Yes, for sure. Yeah, I love that. And 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 kudos to you for, you know, wrapping around entertainment and, and really making this some valuable content here for families of, you know, victims. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, unfortunately, people who, who are listening that might find themselves, you know, in some of these situations... Um, right. You know, can have a roadmap, a pamphlet, if you will, right? Uh, to to know what to do, um, and you know, if yeah. it, and, and you know, my hope is that you know that it can save someone's life. Of course, yeah. uh, being a journalist yeah. that unfortunately covers so many deadly, deadly stories, um, you know, that stories that end up fatal. And you think mm-hmm. about like, well, what could what could have been done differently? What could have right. been done differently? But right. in this case, you have so this true. young woman who did all that she could right. to Truly. to protect her life, and uh, she again gave us a little roadmap um, mm-hmm. to use to trace back. So thank you, yeah. Sammy, and again, rest in peace. Yeah, true. This episode, I feel like we should dedicate this episode and drink to Sammy. Uh, true. Know? Cheers to Sammy and, and her and family. Parents. Yes, and her family. It. Yeah. Well, on that note, Travis, that is all that we have for you this week. So thank you so much for coming on. It's been a pleasure to have to, to chat with you, get at this back, and like to advocate for for you know victims' rights here. It has, and it's been such a thrilling experience for me in more ways than one. <laughs> um, I was like, oh my goodness, this is so gruesome. But yes, yeah. again, I think as a journalist and someone who so very often sees you know cases like this. Um, and, and for our young people, as a young journalist, really, mm-hmm. um, you know, we need we need accountability, making sure our friends are up to speed right. on technology and our parents yeah. are up to speed on technology. Because there's like there's there's like so many things too, right, that like you can do right now for a like God forbid moment, right? Like yes. again, like I share my location with like a with yes. like a dozen or so people. And like those are things that you can just do like just in case like something were to happen to you. Yes. Uber and Lyft, you know, their interfaces right. make sure that they, you know, you have that option to share. Mm-hmm. So don't don't be afraid to to share that with somebody. Right. You know, it doesn't have to be mom or dad, but you know, you can share it with a spouse or share it with a friend. Just make sure yeah. someone someone you like, trust. I have someone, I have people that I'm sharing my location with that I have been sharing their, this location with for like 5 years now. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm probably right. sure, you know, that they never but I have a friend of mine who actually I talk to every now and then in Dallas and she says I've been tracking you you know (laughs) she's a little bit older but those are good friends though but yeah but you know just to know that someone is out there looking out for you and your your, your best interests at heart and so yeah Again, I I appreciate you for having me on, Liam. It has been an absolute pleasure, my friend. Uh, Well, I've been so happy to have you on. And so tell everyone um, where they can find you and your Emmy award-winning content um, online. Absolutely. You can follow me (laughs) on all the platforms, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, Travis Cummings News or Travis C. News. And I like to, to say that, you know, all of my work is, destined to pull the heartstrings of people um, mm-hmm. that is the goal and so um, I definitely support 
any type of content that's going to uplift people and, again, really just give them a, a glimpse of hope and uh, and educate them on, you know, what they can do to make this place better. Because awesome. Lord knows we need Love it. <laughs> no, we sure do. We sure do. Well, thank you again so much for coming on, Travis. And thank you all so much for listening. We are going to put all of our sources on our website so you can read everything for yourself and probably come up with a few theories, too. And if you are just loving this podcast and you're just looking for a way to tell everyone and anyone about it, the best way to help people discover this podcast is by leaving us a five-star rating and a review wherever you are listening right now. So make sure you follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And if you're wondering what we have in store for you next week, Here's a quick sneak peek. Hello, everybody. It's Liam. And I'm Justine Hernandez. Next week, I'm joining the Crime Vineyard to tell you about an urgent missing person case that is playing out as we speak. What really happened to Gretchen Fleming? It's a complicated case that needs your attention like right now, guys. We'll tell you all about it next Wine Wednesday on another episode of Crime Over Wine. Proud member of the Podnougan Network.